Topic in the Room podcast, episode one. This is going to be uh, hopefully a long series of podcasts. Many times it's just going to be me, Jason, in your ear holes. Hopefully you don't get sick of that, but if you do, that's fine. I got nothing to prove, no one to impress. Other episodes, there will be uh, other people in the room. I know a lot of interesting people. They got a lot of interesting things in their noggins. We're going to have a good time. We're going to talk about stuff pretty much the way we always do. Except we'll do it with microphones and we'll record it and it'll be there. I would like to thank our sponsors today. Uh, Our first sponsor is The Will to Do Something. To make something happen. To get it done. Uh, the other sponsor is uh, my personal desire to add my voice to the cacophony that is the human race. Uh, I was thinking this morning that the internet might be renamed the Chicken Shack. Because if you listen to everything all at once, everybody's saying stuff and shouting and yelling and talking and expressing themselves and putting it all out there, it would sound like a chicken shack. So brought to you by the Chicken Shack. Yes. So the good news is there are no actual sponsors. It's just a guy in a room with a topic and a microphone and a computer. Luckily, that means I can do whatever I want. So, today's topic, the most interesting topic in the room. We're going to talk about world travel. Uh, This will be a topic that comes up a number of times. And in fact, I realize that uh, all the topics are going to be uh, talked about and hashed out from different angles over time. I am... uh, of an age that the 1990s are an important part of my life, and I have a lot of things to say about it. So there will be future episodes, multiples, about the 1990s and what that means for now, which happens to be 2018. Amazing. But today we're going to talk about world travel. World travel. I find it very interesting because there's a majority of people in this country, the United States, that do not have passports, that do not leave the boundaries of the country, and you could start to follow that all the way back. There are people who don't leave the boundaries of their state, they don't leave the boundaries of their town. And that's cool. I am not judging that. In fact, that's kind of an amazing thing because that is really more of what humans were, have always been like. We are uh, isolated to where we are born and until the last century, you know, if, if you didn't have a horse, you had your own power to move yourself and... You had to feed your family, so most likely you weren't just walking for days and days and days uh, and winding up somewhere else, so you stayed where you were. That's interesting in this world that we live in now with uh, 
air travel and I think particularly for the United States and our citizenry being sort of the quote-unquote leader of the free world uh, I think it's an ironic and potentially dangerous thing that our population doesn't get outside the borders as much as other countries' populations, Europe being a prime example. And particularly now, China, the Chinese are traveling. They actually are the uh, largest number of world travelers uh, currently out there. So let's talk about that. I've done some traveling. I've been privileged in my life to uh, have opportunities that a lot of other people haven't had. I acknowledge that. My particular situation growing up uh, afforded me uh, the opportunity to get out of the U.S. borders very early. I come from a blue-collar family uh, that worked its way into a pleasant middle-class existence, and um, my grandparents had enough of a wanderlust to uh, go on cruise, to go to Mexico, which, you know, the family went on. Um, My grandfather in particular had a bit of a wanderlust that uh, he... uh, became a scuba diver and uh, did some traveling into the Caribbean. He's a World War II vet, so right there, he was already uh, busted out uh, in the 40s in the Navy. He uh, saw Japan uh, right after the capitulation. He was in the Philippines. Uh, He, uh, you know, he'd been across the country. So there's a certain amount of uh, getting out of town, seeing the world. I was always encouraged that if you have the opportunity to do something, you should do it. If you wait, the opportunity might pass and you may have regrets. I was given the opportunity to fly on an airplane for the very first time when I was seven years old. It was just a flight to Florida, but it was transformative. And very early on, I'd been in the Bahamas. Excuse me. Um, Many trips into the Caribbean. uh, Many years. uh, All of that as a part of a a scuba diving family. um, Which in and of itself is a very interesting thing to have in your past. Scuba diving. Not uh, the most normal activity. And uh, encouraged in uh, school to go to Mexico uh, a couple times on different uh, educational trips. But the bigger transformative experience for me was in my uh, late 20s, early 30s, making a three-week trip to Southeast Asia, going to uh, Thailand that time, and uh, with some extremely good people 
good friends who encouraged that and uh, it changed everything. Even with all of that travel, getting out in the ways that I had, this was different. Asia is Asia. Is Asia. If you have not been, it can be described to you. Uh, there is the, 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 what you, is even on t-shirts in Thailand, the saying, same, same, but different. There is a lot of sameness once you get into Asia. All the roads, and there's, you know, police and food, and there's all these things, you know. It's very familiar, it's human. And then it's not. Obviously it's human, but it's different. Same, same, but different. Different being all that crazy, Asian, interesting, cultural difference. So let's talk a little bit here. What it takes to travel successfully because we've got travel in our culture. It's mostly been to Europe. Uh, Post-World War II, travel started to really open up. Uh, All the vets came back. They'd been to uh, Europe. People start going to Italy. That's always the big one. Uh, Our grandparents, my grandparents' generation go to Italy. You go to England. uh, You might go to France. uh, And that was expected the stereotype of that travel tended to be you bring your cultural expectations with you and I know over time Americans uh, for many reasons but for the reason of travel acquired the ugly American uh, tag and I get that the ugly American as a traveler, ultimately is just someone who goes to another country, brings their own personal cultural baggage with them and their cultural expectations, and they apply that wherever they go. And they don't care where they are. They don't care who they're interacting with. They are going to stick to those parameters of expectation and hold the whole culture accountable when it is not met or it is done in a different way and then there's a lot of complaining and moaning and bad behavior and you just like putting people down and you're being demanding and it's obnoxious it's just obnoxious behavior so one of the things in my travel that I have tried to do Uh, is to be open and bring a lack of judgment with regard to a a new culture that I find myself in. The essence of that is that um, uh, as an American, you've got to uh, drop any superior attitude. You know, we're raised to believe that we live in the greatest country on earth, and in a lot of ways that's true. But when you uh, incorporate that into yourself so deeply that you can't see the forest for the trees, which is there's humans all over the earth, and there are differences in culture, and 
but in a lot of ways, you can't say that your culture is totally superior to any other culture because some things are better depending on the subjective view of that person who is, uh, who's, you know, wherever you're from, some things are better. Yes. Some things are not as good. Uh, there are a number of things that other cultures can do better than, uh, what Americans, uh, have done. It's just different. So, and that's a key to this welcoming those differences. We, can get so hooked up, uh, hung up on our sense of reality, what, uh, what is, uh, acceptable. It it really raises the question to me, uh, as a traveler, if you are going to another country, another culture, and you aren't going with that sense of openness and a lack of judgment and, uh, welcoming uh, the differences uh, that you see between what you know and, and what you're experiencing. I, I really have to ask the question, why are you traveling then? Uh, I've had, uh, I've seen a number of people uh, in a number of countries who they are unhappy <clears throat> and they're complaining and they're being very rude. Um, I was in Italy last year and sitting at a table at a fantastic restaurant in Florence, a very uh, traditional experience, traditional foods, and there was an older American woman sitting at the table next to us who immediately put demands on the table with regard to um, wanting uh, Pepsi something, you know, Pepsi free, actually, very specifically, um, wanted, uh, something that is a cultural no-no in Italy. You might not know you get bread, but, uh, butter for bread is not something that comes with that. And that's just the way it is. And that's fine. And they will bring it to you. Butter that is if you ask for it, but there was an immediate demand laid down. I want butter. I want bread. I want my Pepsi free. And then through the entire course of the meal, it was a complaint about how terrible the food was because it wasn't like food back in wherever she was from. It's just astonishing to me. The question was raised, why are you here? Now, I don't want to put, I'm not going to lay down the heaviness of the ugly American on, on everybody. That happened to be uh, Italy. In Asia, what I discovered, in Thailand in particular, uh, and Laos, and Cambodia, um, and those countries as well, there are not as many Americans traveling to those countries, number one. Um, I also did find, though, that those Americans who are over there do not fit the stereotype of an ugly American traveler. They are very considerate. They're very quiet. They're very observant, but what was amazing and surprising to me was that mostly over there, it's the British. The British fit the ugly, quote unquote, ugly American uh, uh, stereotype to a T. And in some ways it was beyond anything I could have ever imagined. It was more intense, very uh, superior attitude, very haughty 
uh, loud, demanding, rude, ridiculous. And when you're interacting with Thai people uh, in Thailand, uh, they're extremely welcoming. They're very kind. They have a deep love of family. Uh, they're very, very incredibly welcoming to travelers because they see the you know the bring you're bringing money and they will be accommodating. Um, but you get these Brits and they're just being you know I'm on vacation and that's I'm here for that. I want to. I don't, I just want what I want. I want all of it right now. I'm going to act in a way that uh, sort of pushes my cultural superiority around. I'm shoving it around. And it's really uncomfortable to see because you see the Thai people smiling and being very accommodating. And you get this sense of the past. sort of a colonial attitude, uh, very strange. Uh, it's almost like I was watching India happening, you know, or something like, uh, just coming in. Yeah. We, we own the place. We're better than you. There's, uh, no celebration of differences there. Um, so the bottom line is, In my opinion, if you're going to leave your country and go somewhere else, just go and have an open heart and be very uh, vigilant about your own behavior. Try to learn as much as you can about the uh, culture that you're walking into, Uh, the essence of being kind and uh, providing uh, some sense of um, generosity to another people is to learn how to say hello and thank you in their language at minimum, please, uh, and, and take it from there and get a little bit deeper. Cause I can tell you this, that in Thailand with that warm cultural welcome that they give you, that if you can say hello, thank you and goodbye, they start fawning all over you saying, oh, you speak Thai, you speak Thai. And it's amazing and funny because I can say, you know, three words. I don't speak Thai. No, no. But it goes a long, long way. And a part of that in Thailand is with Asia, you have to take into account the uh, sense of face. People are, you know, you need to save face. And there's a certain amount of uh, uh, positive outcome that that you can generate, uh, a bit of merit that you can generate in, in that culture by trying just a little bit. Just a little bit goes so far. Uh, the people that I saw, like I say, and I'm putting the onus on the Brits because they're the ones that I heard the most. They were the loudest. They were the most obnoxious. You heard that... It's unfortunate. I always had such a deep love for the, for an English accent, but when you hear an English accent in that context of being rude and demanding, it makes the hair on the back of your neck stand up. And I started to really dislike the sound of that accent because it was always loud, it was always obnoxious, and it was always demanding. 
There was no face involved in that. They were losing face left and right. They had no idea, no clue. And, you know, the tire smiling and they're being nice. But, you know, when they turn around, it's like you, they know where you stand. They know where you stand. You have put yourself way down on the bottom of the totem pole of, of merit. And that's fine. You know, move on. They'll take your money and they'll get you what you want. But being miserable like that, ugh, it's just annoying. It's annoying. I'm reliving it right here, right here in your ear holes. So, uh, so keep yourself cool. Be cool, people. Just be cool. Go out there. It's going to, it's going to make you better. You're going to become a better person. You're going to grow. You're going to feel so good getting out there and seeing new things and tasting new tastes and smelling new smells and, and just getting into it. So let's talk about a, a little bit of this travel, what this means. You know, like we my friends and I, uh, we always like to say, uh, you bought the ticket, ride the ride. That means, hey man, it more than just like, oh, you bought the plane ticket, ride the ride. You're there. I mean, like it's literally like you're gonna put yourself out there, and just traveling from one place to another, in another country, especially in Asia, Southeast Asia, you're gonna find yourself in situations that uh, they're just happening. And you might not have put yourself in that particular situation if you'd had some knowledge about what was going to happen but hey man you bought the ticket time to ride the ride and you just got to accept that you know we're we're living uh and you can die at any moment uh you could die in a you know you could die in your house uh from whatever a meteor crashes on your house or a tree falls on top of you or whatever you know car crash anything you can die out in your backyard and yes, you're getting on a plane and you're flying God knows how long, 14, 15 hours or some crazy thing. And you're going to these other countries and then you're out there. And yeah, you could die there too. But you know what? You bought the ticket. So ride the ride. It's worth it. It's totally worth it because nine times out of 10, you're going to make it home and you're going to have these experiences and you're going to be a richer person for it. So like let me just give an example riding the ride there's so many i have so many examples um particularly interesting uh traveling from thailand so that i was there i was in thailand for three weeks i had this you know incredible experience life altering and i just wanted to keep going uh, so a year later, uh, went on a seven month trip, which was ridiculous, uh, was able to make that happen at that time in, in life and, um, was inspired by the Europeans, uh, that were around me in, on that first trip to Thailand, there was a couple from Belgium or Holland or, I. Switzerland, I, I can't remember now, but they were on the seventh month of a 14-month trip. So that was pretty inspiring. I was able to get it together, do seven months, uh, flew to Europe, did Eastern Europe, uh, flew to Southeast Asia, did four months in Southeast Asia, and came home. Um, Southeast Asia had so many interesting adventures and the ride was being ridden very, very intensely at times. 
So uh, went from Thailand into Cambodia, having no sense of uh, really what was waiting uh, for me on the other side, being that uh, knowledgeable American, uh, having studied and just been paying attention as a, a child to the news. Uh, that would be, you know, the early 80s, 1980, early 80s, knowing that Cambodia was a scary place, uh, <clears throat> particularly at one time and uh just uh, having that fear crossing the border my friends had gone the previous year and described what the border crossing was like uh, a land crossing uh and uh amazingly enough uh, my land crossing was very different uh because things were changing so quickly in that part of the world that uh development was just explosive and it, you could see it happening within a month of things were changing. But so we get across the border, uh, go through some loops and loop-de-loops and just like, you know, people are trying to get you on their bus and they're trying to actually, you know, nobody's like physically manhandling you, but there's a lot of energy being put into trying to get you to go where they want you to go. And I knew enough to know that you uh, want to be careful about uh, who you traveled, uh, you know, who you paid to get you where you wanted to go. And from the border, the, the destination was Siem Reap to go to Angkor Wat. That's where everybody's going. And um, so you want to stay away from some of these folks with their buses and their situations because they'll take you and put you on a, you know, a 10-hour journey that you stop every, you know, 45 minutes someplace. And if you don't buy something, you're not going to keep moving forward. And it's just this hell ride. So I knew that. Stay, trying to stay away from that. Uh, had an opportunity to uh, get in a taxi, quote-unquote taxi, which was a car uh that was kind of beaten up and uh a couple other you know it's like had room for two other people and uh some uh, other folks cross the border and they're walking in this uh depot that that i find myself in and um you know i'm just kind of calling out to this crowd as they're being routed to the buses you know come over here you got to go to this place because they're routing them you know around and it's just a scene and, you know, a couple just like calling out, hey, hey, you want to share a taxi, share a taxi? And uh, a couple of Japanese dudes uh, picked up on that and they're like, yeah, OK. So we had a full car load and uh, jumped in this car and started uh, heading across towards CM Reap, which is a three hour car ride straight through, you know, so you you could wind up one ride. You could be on uh, one ticket takes you on a 10 hour hell ride. And you got to buy stuff the whole way. And the other ticket takes you directly there in three hours. The ticket that I bought um, was pretty interesting. And the ride was uh, on a quote-unquote highway. And yes, it's a highway, but a highway unlike uh, any I'd been on. It was a dirt uh, road uh, uh, the whole way, almost the entire way for three hours. And it was definitely a highway. People were traveling uh, very fast. There was a lot of traffic back and forth. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a two, basically two lane, uh, straight back and forth. But uh, the ride, the ticket I bought got me into a ride where the driver was probably going 70 or 80 miles an hour. 
on a dirt road with uh, huge trucks everywhere and people on motorcycles. Uh, the car, I mean, the road wasn't, it was flat, but you know, it was, there was some rolling stuff and we're going fast enough to actually lift off from the road a lot. <laughs> we were lifting off and uh, I realized that uh, I had to be careful where I was positioning my head. I wanted to make sure to keep looking straight ahead when we were airborne because when we'd land, we'd come down hard enough that if I had my head turned, I could have thrown my neck out. Didn't want that to happen. <clears throat> and uh, and it was cruising, just absolutely cruising. But uh, you get a dirt road with that much traffic and the big trucks and everything, and everybody, everybody's driving fast, and there's a lot of dust, and you really can't see beyond the dust of the vehicle in front of you, and, you know, we're, make, we're passing stuff, we're going right by stuff, and you're going into a straight dust cloud, and, uh, and you don't know what's coming. <laughs> You don't know. You can't see that. Um, and in the meantime, you know, uh, there's like motorcycles with uh, entire uh, full-grown swine uh, affixed to the back of them. Like these pigs that are still living uh, that have been knocked out somehow. And they're like strapped down and they're just bouncing around. You know, they're like literally strapped down to the back of a motorcycle. And they are, you know, just kind of flopping as this thing's going 50, 60 miles an hour and we're passing those. And, you know, you're sitting there and you're thinking, well, we could die pretty easily or we could get into a head-on wreck and live and it'd be even worse because you're on the middle of nowhere uh, in Cambodia and you're, you'd basically be screwed uh, if you have bad enough wounds. But, you know, you're riding the ride. And what happened at the end of that? It was amazing. It was an incredible experience. We made it safe. You know, I had faith in the driver. He was just doing what he was doing. And that's what he did every day. And it was all good. And he got his pay. And, you know, he's not looking to crash the car. He wants to keep going. He's got a family to feed. And we're all, you know, we're all, we're all riding the ride. Um, there's a number of those experiences. You know, you find yourself in that experience. I found myself uh, also the same trip later. I was in Laos. Uh, going to a, a town on the other on one side of the Mekong River, and you you get into this uh, you get into a, a a truck basically a truck bed, a small Toyota truck that's got a canopy and then like uh, some seating in the back, uh, bench seating on either side, and, and you cram in there. I mean, you cram in there with the locals, and they got all their stuff. They you know they're stuff that they're selling and it's just you're packed you're packed in if you aren't right on the outside uh at the tail end of the thing uh you're you're in it you're stuck inside you're just crammed in and then they drive that uh, vehicle onto this big flat platform barge whatever it was um and there's like i don't know 30 or 40 of these vehicles you know and big huge trucks and all this stuff and then you know just shipping stuff across the river and you get on this thing and they start puttering across the Mekong and it is like okay if this thing flips over and we go in we're definitely dead you can drown this is no there's no question uh, this ride you're riding you could die easily and it's a situation you never find yourself in back home and yet we lived 
And there was something really enlivening about that. Obviously, the experience of it, you know, you survive something that is pretty sketchy and you know it's sketchy, but you're there and that's just the way it's going. Suddenly you found yourself in this. I just paid to get across the river. I didn't know I was going to be crammed in the back of a Toyota truck, you know, crammed into a can with a canopy on top on on a sketchy barge going across a really big river that you know you could just die i had no idea that was going to happen but i was there okay and uh it was a good thing it was a very good thing because it allows you to see what everyday life is like for people there that allows you to see inside yourself to uh to see a positive of your own culture that we wouldn't allow that to happen there'd be more safety mechanisms there'd be a lot more safety involved might make it harder more expensive all kinds of other things but you know i was like i'm okay with the way things work in my country that's good i'm glad that i got to have the experience i had in lao but uh yeah, man, you buy the ticket, you ride the ride. I got tons of tons of little things like that where you're just you're suddenly there, and uh, and uh, you know a little prayer can be very calming in some situations. You just sit back, offer a little prayer, and uh, and you just have to have some faith, man. Have faith in the positive outcomes, and uh, and you have to also on the back end of that faith uh, accept the potential for complete disaster <laughs> you just never know but that's an important thing and and what you wind up getting out of the you know buying the ticket and riding the ride is you know i mean why are we traveling some people are traveling the obnoxious ugly travelers are traveling because i want a vacation you know, my life is stressful or whatever. I work really hard. I have a lot of money. I want to go somewhere. It's, I want it to be warm. I want a beach. I want to drink. I want to eat. I want to, I want someone to serve me. I want things in a certain way. All right, I'm traveling that way. And I'm just thinking, all right, that's all right. It's cool. You could do that without being rude, but that's one mode of traveling. Uh, the folks that inspired me to travel over to uh, Southeast Asia the first time, they were very uh, helpful to me in understanding that, uh, this, that the kind of travel that is the most fulfilling is the travel where you're out seeking, uh, personal growth, uh, through a, uh, an experience that is unlike anything you've ever had before. And it's the subtle things. It's the tiny things of being present, being kind to the people around you accepting that even if you see things in a culture around you that you don't agree with that you accept that that is what it is in this place and you can mark that you know tuck that away and just kind of go roll with that and know that well I'll go home and it's a thing that makes me happy that I don't have to deal with that in, in my in my culture an example of that was a in Thailand, uh, uh, one of the ladies in our uh, group, um, uh, it's an interesting thing in Thailand. The, um, Southeast Asia is uh, predominantly Buddhist, but the Buddhism that is practiced there is a more conservative strain of Buddhism. Um, it's uh, you know the sense of uh, the, you know, there's reincarnation, and the idea of reincarnation 
coming out of India is that there's a, a, a ladder of existence and that you are, uh, you know, you climb the ladder through merit and good deeds and you like, you are ascending each life higher and higher on the ladder if you're doing things the right way and you will eventually achieve enlightenment and be this celestial being at the end and the uh, way that that hierarchy works on the ground in Thailand is part of that hierarchy you know animals there's animals and they're lower uh, and uh, you know they can die and then be reincarnated they could be reincarnated as a human being you know it's like oh you've you've elevated and now you're elevate you've elevated up to a higher level of being within the human spectrum women are lower on that ladder than men and an interesting thing that comes out of that is in thailand a woman should not ever touch a monk uh, a buddhist monk and okay, acceptable, can see that. This is uh, something that uh, we understand, um, knew about that. But this was interesting. Uh, got on a, uh, a train. It was just a, a little, uh, um, like a, a light rail train in the city in Bangkok. And uh, there was an old monk sitting and uh, one of our uh, ladies sat down next to him, very specifically on the other side of the seat. You know, like, I'm not touching you, not having anything to do with you. And he immediately got up and walked to the corner, facing the corner of the train and started to go through a whole mantra, you know, literal mantras and and doing this whole thing. Uh, I'm assuming cleansing himself. And as soon as the train stopped, he walked immediately off the train and left. And that was a a shocker, you know? I mean, it's like, whoa, okay. Not only can a woman not uh, touch a monk, but apparently at least on a train or somewhere else, she can't even sit next to a monk. Um, So that's that's a thing that I don't agree with. I don't really understand from a personal level. And uh, coming back to my country, it was something that I was very glad that um, the ladies uh, didn't have to deal with that kind of sense of, uh, you know, you. there were other places like, and I know that this is not a perfect country, the West is not perfect, we're not talking about full equality, like, I mean, we've got problems, but this is a different kind of equality problem, and... There were places in temples that uh, men could go. I mean, I was invited into a a space in a temple in uh, Thailand that was specifically called by this guy. And I went in and it was an amazing experience. But it was like, women can't come in here. This is men only. So there's that, that thing. You accept it for what it is and you leave. And then even now I'm not trying to judge it to say, well, that's that's atrocious or bad i mean i don't want to bring a moral thing down on this this is just this is what their culture is this is what their religion has kind of brought uh, to the table and you can compare and contrast and and hopefully that uh you know you can see what's good about it in a, good in their culture and what's bad about it what's bad in their culture 
what you accept in your own heart, what you accept in your culture, but being kind, that's a part of the personal growth. You are growing because, uh, you are seeing something and you are allowing it to be what it is. You'll be changed by your experience. And, um, ultimately that does allow you to grow, uh, develop your character and, uh, to grow, to become a bit more calm about things and a little more grounded. Experience is a, is a really wonderful thing. Getting out, meeting people, seeing new things, especially getting out of your culture, out of your comfort zone. You can become a little more than what you were. Best case scenario. Because, you know, you could walk away from an experience and be like, that sucked. And I don't ever want to go again. <laughs> I don't ever want to leave. It's much easier to just stay home and know what I know and not be, you know, surprised or shocked. You can go that route. It might be bad. I've been really lucky in my uh, travel experiences and to not really have super negative experiences. But I've always felt that a part of that is being open to what's happening uh, being knowledgeable, like educate yourself as much as you can, especially in the moment. Don't uh, step into uh, needless holes and traps. Uh, another interesting thing that happened on a uh, trip uh, in Thailand. Uh, oh, the, the lovely marvel of being tired and hungry and what that can lead you to. Uh, tired, hungry, got off a train. Um really just wanted a room, wanted to chill out in this uh, place. What, you know, was this going to be transit the next day, uh, catch a bus and go out to uh, Sukhothai to the temples out in Sukhothai in Thailand. Um, and so get off this train and just start wandering around. No plan, didn't have a plan, very unprepared. I uh, didn't have any sense of anywhere to stay and just walking around and walking around. And uh, there were two of us and and just uh, there was this moment where finally uh, my partner uh, was like, I am. Let's just go in this place. It doesn't matter. Let's just go in this place. And uh, uh, she starts heading in, you know, like literally went right in the door. And a man I I see waving his arms down the block at me and running. He's running at me and waving his arms, shaking his head. And, uh, I stopped and I yelled in to the, you know, into my partner there and she came back out and this man came up and he was mute and he, he was emphatically gesturing at, uh, the, you know, at the entryway, shaking his head, waving his hands. And he was making, uh, the motion of a screwdriver into his hand which was amazing that he knew that in English <laughs> screw what's the, what the slang screw meant. You will be screwed by these people. Do not go in that place. So that was the nearest miss that I've had. Uh, there were a couple others, but that one was very specific. And you, you know, that was a ticket I was buying that I'm really glad that angel, that man, uh, stepped in and, uh, and saved me from, uh, 
what was probably going to be disaster, you know, probably could have been robbed or lost her stuff. Who knows? So that being said, that could have happened and I'd have a totally different experience and I'd be really unhappy and I might never go back and have a really bad view of Thailand. <laughs> but again, I would have grown personally. I would have uh, had gratitude for what, uh, what I have in my home. So, so change by your experience, you know, like there is a certain amount of joy inherent in cultures in the world. Let me just say that there's a, uh, there is the, part of this growth that I've personally had was get out seeing people, you know, the Thai, okay. They're very lovely and they're very like family and children. Like everything is just like, it's the greatest thing. They're just so happy about kids and just like just lovely, lovely people, and uh, and you see a joy coming out of them. And in Laos, I saw the same thing. Like there's this joy. Like people, it was a little less. It was different. They were a little more mellow in a, in a way. And in Cambodia, they suffered so much trauma. Yet there was this inherent joy there. You know, like good people, really welcoming people. They didn't care who you were. They were welcoming, and. Um, and I see that in so many other places. Uh, and there's this thing in the United States where people are they're kind of uh, protect, we're protective, and we've got this, uh, you know, the kind of a the kind of a cold, uh, emotionless thing. You know, kind of. I guess it comes from you know our English ancestry that bit. Uh, kind of a, a, a Protestant uh, stiff upper lip and you know everything's got to be really tight and controlled and people are you know there's a there's a certain amount of intensity here you know you live in a neighborhood and you have your neighbors and you know in, in some ways it's like well you want to be neighborly but in other ways you just want to be left alone and you know it's like we've got such a weird country and culture around that and yet the the reality is the thing that people don't see when they don't travel and get out of this country is that they don't see is that people are generally very kind and very happy in the world and express it. Whereas in this country, we don't really express that, or which makes me wonder if we feel it. And I'm not sure. I, I tend to think that there's just not a general sense of joy in this country. People aren't happy. Um, and a part of that... It, Part of that is that you don't go out and see people for for what's happening. That sense of the border outside of the borders of this country, it's dangerous. People are dangerous. This is what we're fed constantly. There's war, which we're making a lot of. There's you know people are like out to get you, and you should be afraid of people who don't look like you or don't think like you or don't talk like you, and you know like just. Just stay here. We're the greatest country on earth. We don't need to go anywhere else. And if you think you need to go somewhere else, then why don't you just leave and get out of this country because this is the greatest country on earth. It's this big circular thing that goes around and around and around. But the most important thing I've walked away with is joy. Um, and one of the biggest things that comes out of that experience and the experiences I've had in other countries, especially in Asia, is that... Uh, you talk about culture shock, culture shock. Oh, you know, oh my gosh, you're going to feel so much culture shock when you go somewhere. And the truth is, I've never really felt culture shock when I've gone anywhere. I've been so pleased with um, 
the newness of where I'm at and the experiences and all this stuff is happening. And you're just kind of running around and you're going through all of this wonderful, wonderful stuff. You're eating great foods and seeing people who are reacting in ways that you'd never expect and everything's different. You're trying to navigate. It's when you turn around and you come home that you have a culture shock. That's a big one that I never would have imagined. On one hand, especially after traveling for so long, you know, a seven month trip, there's a, there's a certain amount of happiness to be heading home because there is that expectation of, I, I know what to expect. I know what's happening. I know the rules and I don't have to think. I don't have to put a lot of energy into it. And there's a lot of energy expended in other countries and cultures where you're trying to, you got to maintain. In Thailand, there's all kinds of subtle social rules that you've got to follow. Um, you can't point your feet, the bottom of your feet at people, you know, like you can't step over people. If there's people, if you're on a bus and it's packed and there's people like sitting in the aisle, which is common, you can't step over them because the bottom of your foot is pointing at them. And that's a religious thing. Like that means, you know, in the, in their version of Buddhism, the top of the head is the holiest place and the bottom of the body, the bottom of the foot is the least holy place and if you point that at somebody if you point that dirty stinky nasty foot at somebody you are insulting them you might as well just like be flipping them the bird and they're gonna get pissed off and there's all that stuff you know like can't touch this person you got to be careful don't ever touch anybody on the head and i mean there's just like so many things and you get kind of stressed out by it at a certain point but you know at home i don't have to worry about any of that i know what the rules are but but where's the joy you come home and immediately people are not looking at one another and people are you know like there's that detachment and uh and there's that coldness and uh, it, it's a real shock it's a real sad thing and let me say this i'm going to put it in these terms because um as far as my understanding in the United States, I would say that this is actually more in white culture. I, what I see in black culture, um, you know, the uh, Hispanic, Mexican, south of the border, wherever, what I see in those cultures actually is that joy and that sense of camaraderie and people laughing and you know, just really having a, a joie de vivre that uh, white culture in America doesn't have. And also in my experiences with travel, I would say that's a European thing. There's like a certain, it's a, it's just different. It's not, I want to say cold because it kind of feels cold, but um, it's just a different way of interacting, you know, kind of just want to, you know, like, I don't know where it comes from. We'll have to explore that in a, in a later podcast, but I think that, um, I can definitely see that. So the culture shock on my end, being a white American coming back to white America was that, uh, there's no joy. Where's the joy, man? Well, people are not interacting and, it's just this kind of harsh world, you know, there's, um, everything's really expensive. <clears throat> Everybody's looking after their own skin and their own people, their own family. And, you know, it's just kind of like, uh, there's no community in the sense of, uh, what I see in, in the, in the world out, out there and particularly in Southeast Asia. 
So that's a that's kind of a surprise. Culture shock on the back end. Coming home. And, you know, that leads to the harder part when you've been traveling and you've been out and you've been changed. You know, how do you how do you keep the lessons? You know, I, as a traveler, I highly advocate keeping a journal and writing um, because in the present moment, wherever you're at, you're going to capture these thoughts and feelings. And when you go home you know, over time, you get back into the zone, you're in your scene, you do your thing. And, you know, it's just everyday life takes over and we're working and it's five days a week, blah, blah, blah. If you're lucky, five days, if you're lucky and, uh, and you do your thing and you start to forget the lessons. So have a journal, write it down, go back to it, reference it. It's really the only way you're going to be able to maintain. I mean, beyond the fundamental change that's occurred inside you that you carry with you forever, there's a lot of little details that can disappear. Yeah. So how do you, how do you maintain that? Especially after that seven month trip, it was really hard. It was really hard to come back and, you know, spent like two weeks kind of staying around the house and not going out. And that was easy to maintain, you know, kept it, could feel the energy still and feel that, you know, all the, all the things and just, uh, kind of hiding, knowing, uh, you know, you can feel America pressing, pressing in on me, pressing in on you, coming at you. Um, and you know, another couple of weeks after that, it was like, Oh, I look back and realize, oh, I'm just in the, I'm in the every day and I've already forgotten these really important lessons. Uh, you know, just the lessons of being joyful and, uh, being able to connect with people and, uh, not worrying so much about basic things like eh, money and, you know, just like other things that we worry about all the time, money, working, you know, having time off and, you know, just trying to, trying to keep it, keep yourself going. Um, it's really easy when you're traveling because you're not working. <laughs> that helps a lot. Um, but you know, ultimately there's only so much you can do when you get back. I mean, as, as I, as I, as I put it, you just have to kind of accept the calcification of the home front. You calcify um, and it's, uh, this is what happens. I mean, this is what happens. We get into a day to day and time passes fast because we have repetition. Time passes pretty darn slow when you break out, you break the calcified, uh, crust around you and you go do something new and, you know, time slows down, you start to be right in the moment. It's really exciting. You're learning new things. You're seeing new things, but you know, the home front is, it is what it is. I mean, you got you gotta learn, earn a living. You gotta support your family, man. You gotta you gotta sit down and and just make it happen and uh, do what you gotta do. And this is what this is what it is. Uh, we're we happen in this country to be in the United States, and there are certain things you gotta deal with and just get through. So, I think ultimately, uh, I want to just kind of leave this with uh, leave you with. Uh, uh, a few things. Um, just make sure you, you ultimately that you respect yourself first. Um, get a passport and get out of the country. And then, you know, that respect for yourself uh, and your culture, you know, I mean, you should be proud of where you come from. Uh, see the positive. 
but don't ever fall in the trap of thinking that you need to spread that to other people. Oh, hey, I come from the United States and, 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 you know, this is how it is and we're really cool. And so I'm going to bring my coolness to you and, and we're going to make coolness happen. Um, no, just respect for yourself and your culture should then extend to respect for other people and their customs. Just get out and, and embrace the differences. Um, I do want to say one thing, um, it's really, uh, there's like the sense of people going on in the world, like young people, there's a whole party scene in the, in, in the world, like party in the sense of, uh, Australians and the Brits and all these people that are traveling and they're young and there's like a party circuit in these countries. Like in, when I was in Southeast Asia, it was like, you, there was people traveling for all kinds of reasons. Some are, you know, they're older and they're spending their money on the vacations and, you know, beaches and blah, blah, blah. And they want what they want. And then there's people like myself and we're traveling and we're, you know, we're kind of digging in a little deeper and seeing where, you know, this is how people do things and we're staying in smaller places, but I didn't go too deep. You know, there are people who go way deep and they're, they're the people who are going and they're like getting involved with the NGOs and, you know, spending time trying to be a part of helping, uh, improve people's lives. And, and that's very admirable. And quite honestly, it's probably the next level that if I go back, I, I would take it to that level, contribute something to people, contribute. And then there's the party scene, which is crazy. There are bars everywhere. There is like a, a whole circuit. People are going from bar to bar, festival to festival. They're, you know, they're, they're taking drugs taking drugs in countries that if you get caught with drugs, they'll throw you in prison. If you get caught with marijuana in Thailand, you go to prison for a year. And Thai prisons are not like prisons in the United States or in the West. Man, you do not want to get tangled up with the law in Southeast Asia. But they're doing it. And uh, that you know, the money comes in and the locals bring it on and, you know, they'll supply whatever you want and put themselves at risk. And so there's all this weird stuff, you know, I mean, just like I just heard recently that, uh, oh, there's the Cambodian porn travelers, these young people, they were just doing the circuit. They were doing what they're, what everybody's been doing for years and years. And, uh, there's, you know, some famous party that gets thrown all the time. And I don't know, you know, that's all I know is what I saw the pictures of. Like there's some sort of thing, event that gets going on with young people they're It's hot. So they're in their bikinis and their, you know, shorts, all this stuff. And there's some kind of scene going on where they're like simulating sex in a group and everybody's cheering and drinking. And it's like, all right, you know, at a frat party somewhere or at a college like that's unbecoming behavior but almost expected like I can see that but you're doing this in another country in Cambodia and the locals are now starting to crack down on this they do not want their culture to be overwhelmed and changed and, and radically altered like what has been occurring for the last 20 years and so they're they're clamping down and now you got these kids who did what they did and it was accepted to the, the moment that this bust happened. And now 
they've been arrested and they are on these terrible charges uh, because they took pictures and the pictures show this activity. And as far as the Cambodians are concerned, that's pornography and uh, like trafficking and, you know, human trafficking and things. It was just like a whole scene that broke out for these kids and they're going to go to, they're going to go to prison. Um, and that's what's going to happen. Now I want to address that based on everything I've just said, which is, you know, they're young, they don't realize, uh, but they, they need to have some self-respect, some sense of themselves and a sense of their culture that they're coming from a party culture. Okay. But if you're going to another country, you better damn well pay attention to the customs and mores of that culture. So you don't wind up having a problem and get involved with the law. Because the number one thing you don't want to get involved with in any of these countries is the law. It doesn't operate like the law in uh, in our home countries. Uh, while there is corruption and there's, you know, a misuse of power and all these other things that happen. Like in Thailand in particular, like the cops, they're kind of their own thing. They're like a gang and they do whatever they want to do. And, uh, same in Cambodia, like they're, they're their own thing. And, uh, if you put yourself in a situation where they can get a hold of you, there's money to be exchanged, you know, they can, you know, there's bribery, there's all kinds of things. But if none of that, you know, if you wind up, you put, you compromise yourself like these kids did, you're going to wind up in prison. You're screwed. (laughs) I mean, I feel terrible for them, but basic rules, basic rules of travel, know where you're going, uh, be really, really kind to the people around you, and, and ultimately just enjoy the differences and be open to an experience that's subtle and, uh, and mellow, and, and you don't need to go running around getting wasted and putting yourself into these weird situations. I mean, Number one problems that occur for people are not paying attention to what I just said and getting, you know, sucked into a bad scene with the with the authorities, uh, being really unhappy, being somewhere that isn't like where you came from and getting treated poorly or, you know, your expectations not getting met and all that stuff, just being miserable. Like, just, just stay home. If you're going to go there, just stay home. But if you want to break out, you want to grow, grow yourself, grow your mind, man, get a passport, get out there, enjoy it. So enough said, that's the end of, uh, that is the end. I'm not going to speak anymore. I'm getting tired of talking and I'm sure you're sick of me and your ear holes. So until next time, we will have a new topic, the most interesting topic in the room. I bid you adieu, and I wish you the best, and I offer this to you. Be kind to yourself first. Just be gentle. Don't judge. Just try to keep those voices that you might have going in your head or the things that you've been taught by the people around you, you know, your parents, blah, 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 whoever. Just be kind to yourself. Just start there, and uh, we can all get along, and we can all get through, because... It's a short life, and there's some crazy things going on out there. So, all right, take care, enjoy yourselves, be good.